Welcome to the Criminal Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Moliere Dimash, and again, uh, you see what I have here? Another report from the Office of the Inspector General about a, uh, another mysterious inmate death within the Florida Department of Corrections. Now, in the last episode, um, I said that we were going to talk about the death of inmate Randall Jordan Aparo, and... Um, He's the inmate who was gassed to death at Franklin CI, and um, that one was kind of sobering. Um, we're going to do that one in the next episode because um, the, 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 what I want to shine a light on as far as that case, because that case actually got some attention. It, it, it made it to the media. Uh, it was in the news. Um, his father was provided some answers, and... Um, some Facebook posts from correctional officers leaked to the media where they picked on this man because he died as a result of them applying these chemical agents to him. And uh, he died with his Bible in his hands. And uh, the Facebook posts from these correctional officers picked on him. And, you know, they were trying to say that since he died with his Bible in his hands, that didn't need to be in the media and that the media was trying to make it like over... Uh, they, they were trying to make it more sad than it was. These folks are, are just natural villains, but um, we're going to save that one. And today we're going to talk about the mysterious case of inmate Alfonso Dorsey. Dorsey. He died here in Orlando. He died in my hometown. Uh, at the Central Florida Reception Center, CFRC in Orlando, Florida, which is a transit uh, facility where uh, all of the inmates who are going to prison from the Central Florida area, they go through uh, CFRC and then get transported away from home. They send them all to the other ends of the state and all of that. And I don't like this one because this one, uh, this one cracks the shell a little bit because they have evidence to the contrary of what the officers were alleging as, uh, as the predicate for them taking this man's life. Um, again, the report has all of these redactions, all of these little secrets they don't want us to know about, but I'm going uh, to go ahead and decode them for y'all. Um, the predicate states that on December 7th at approximately 3.55 p.m., this is from the inspector. I was informed by Warden Michael Morgan that main unit security and blank were blank on an inmate and outside blank had been notified. Inmate Alfonso Dorsey blank and was taken blank. There's so much you can fill in to those blanks. And... Um, this report goes on to say that while blank, he became combative and chemical agents were utilized. He was escorted to wide dormitory for a decontamination shower. He complained, he, he became blank and was initiated. And inmate Dorsey was pronounced deceased. Now, here's the narrative. They're saying he was inside of the classification building um, 
he did something that made them want to take him to confinement. And I've been in that classification building. Uh, when I was there, and uh, when I was there, we had a, a, a woman who, who was an officer who supervised the inmates in the classification area. And she kept a, a, a pre-drafted DR for a lewd and lascivious, right? The DR was already pre-written. Now, this DR would, would allege that an inmate was uh, looking directly at her and stroking his erect penis. And she would come out to everybody in the classification uh, lobby and show us the DR. And she says, anybody that I catch talking, I'm gonna fill your name into these blanks. I left the name blank, I left the DC number blank. If I catch you talking, you going to jail for lewd and lascivious. So in that classification lobby, his biggest mistake was probably just having a conversation with somebody. So my guess from my experience in prison and at this specific facility and this specific location, me knowing how this goes down, this is how I have concluded this whole thing started and went down. He got the warning. Don't talk in my classification lobby or you get an eluding lascivious. Somebody says something to him. He responded. Now he's going to jail. He's going to confinement. When he saw that he was going to confinement for a lewd and lascivious, he was outraged. Like, no, y'all can't take me to jail for this. I was not doing nothing. Y'all finna send me in here for 60 days, then get me prosecuted and labeled as a sex offender. Why? So now he's resisting arrest. That's how this goes for real. He's resisting now. So now they got to use force, teach him a lesson. They got to beat him up, handcuff him and all of this. So uh, my guess is that Mr. Dorsey didn't go down as easily as they thought. He probably was talking while he was knocking him across the head and they wanted to put the fear of God at him. So they handcuff him and they take him to the wide dormitory confinement unit. Now, this story gets very strange because... Uh, the family of this inmate, contacted the prison and they told the prison, you got the wrong Alfonso Dorsey. This man was very passive. He was not an aggressive person at all, but let the correctional staff tell it, he became physically combative and we needed chemical agents because we were in fear for our lives and whatever the hell ever. So they state in the, in the report, check this out. So um, FDLE was notified and agents David Snowden and Craig Beers responded. They came to the crime scene, took pictures of the dead body and uh, everything else. Now, in the report, it says the decedent blank. His sister was contacted and she advised that she was advised that he became combative. So um, they completed the report as an in custody death and blah, blah, blah. This is where the whole thing gets strange because they allege that. Uh, you know, he was transported to the wide dormitory confinement unit and that he slipped out of his handcuffs and attacked them again. Right. 
So, um, they looked at the cameras. Now, it's strange because this happened after the, after the statewide implementation of audio surveillance in the confinement units throughout the state of uh, Florida. And things that I've done in the, the legal realm, fighting inmate abuse, I was the first person ever to move the state of Florida to install audio surveillance in all of the confinement units. And I, I did this because I knew that was the secret to them you know, getting away with the um, with these minor disturbance allegations where they were gassing the inmates in confinement. I knew back in 2010 that if I could force the state of Florida to put audio surveillance in the confinement units, that stuff was done with. So it took a couple years, but once they published my case law, they immediately put audio surveillance in the confinement units. And then all of the prisons that I've transferred to that were refusing, that were resisting, they, they get the audio surveillance and, and store them and try to keep them from being uh, installed. I filed grievances and made them do it because, you know, it was like uh, that, like reconstruction. It, it was like the slaves had just been free. You know, like when the slaves were freed in America, there was there were uh, people who were still trying to force them back into slavery outside of the law folks that were still killing inmates and lynching them. And that's how the whole Jim Crow era came about. People trying to resist the, the, the freedom of the slaves. These institutions were lying to the big dogs in central office saying, yeah, we installed surveillance and would never hook them up. And I made them do that, me personally. So um, by the time this inmate was killed, the audio surveillance was in the wide dormitory confinement unit. So while they're saying he slipped out of his handcuffs and uh, gave them an, a, a reason to use deadly force on him, they actually looked at the wide dormitory confinement surveillance, listened to the audio surveillance, and guess what they found? And this is coming straight out of the report. So uh, they take him to the wide dormitory confinement unit and... This is what they heard. When they reviewed the, the, the surveillance, this is what they heard. Dorsey was lying on his back inside of the cell. That's what they saw. Now, this is what they heard. He was yelling, help. Help me, Lord Jesus. Help me, Lord Jesus. Dorsey received assistance to place his back against the cell door and his handcuffs were removed. I thought he didn't have the handcuffs. I thought he slipped out of the handcuffs. But when you check the surveillance, they needed assistance taking the handcuffs off of him. He's attacking you guys, but he's the one screaming for Lord Jesus. Remember the black Jesus I told you all about? They sprayed him with the chemical agents. Now, this institution was also very notorious for plucking whole eyeballs out. That's what they do in Orlando. Man, I don't know how where that comes from, but they pull, they pull eyes out. Like this stuff is in like a second nature too. This is, is, is something that they do. Like, you know, whether an inmate was uh, as notorious as somebody like Markeith Lloyd or just a, uh, somebody who was 
just bumping into some correctional officers, they pluck out eyeballs. It, 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 if I were if I were an officer, I couldn't imagine what type of circumstance would make it necessary for your eyeballs to become a part of the equation. I'm going to be concerned with your torso. I'm going to be concerned with disarming you from the wrists, the elbows or the, or the shoulders. Or I'd be looking at your feet. Where does digging in your eyes come into the equation? That's just some left field brutality type of practice. They that That's out of this world. But it's something that they do ritualistically and like it's second nature. So we have uh, Mr. Dorsey on camera pleading for Jesus to come and help him. But in the report, he was this aggressive man who was so tough he could break out of his handcuffs and beat up the officers. But the audio devices recorded him begging for the Lord. So, uh, that's the mysterious case of the day, folks. Alfonso Dorsey. On paper, he was a, a supervillain, strong enough to break some handcuffs. In reality, he probably was just talking in the classification office. It's so much of this stuff to go through. Um, ain't too many people got their heart in the right place or, or their minds to where they feel like any of this stuff is relevant because these guys were sent to prison, regardless of, of what they were sent there for. Um, you know, we're supposed to live in a government that's just, uh, or live in a time where the government is just, and we're supposed to live in a time where we appeal to our better angels. And a lot of people will say within the last couple years, you know, given politics and everything crazy going on in the world, all of that stuff is out. I'll be damned. I know I'm a good man. I know what righteousness is. And I know without it, we're all doomed. And we ain't letting that go. I'm a father of twins. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I have to make this world better for them. And um, I'll be damned if they, if they have to grow up thinking that it's okay to just be evil just because. No way. I don't care if we have come to a, a point of no return as far as our morality. We gonna return. Let's pack it up and, and get back. Y'all get, get, get all of the bad stuff out of your system now because uh, it, it's only gonna get worse for you. Um, don't let, you know, the way that the world operates today feel like the only way to keep going is in that direction. We got to do better for ourselves. Got to think about them kids. So um, with that, folks, um, my better angels direct me to keep shining the light on these mysterious deaths. You know, I went to prison for a nonviolent crime and I went for a long time. I got more time in prison for nonviolence than people get for molesting kids, uh, for people that more time, they, 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 there's a guy we're going to talk about in another episode, killed an inmate in the most brutal fashion. I might do that uh, sometime soon. I got seven years for a gruesome murder, but it was on an inmate. And that goes to show you how much uh, regard an inmate's life is given. 
whether a guard kills you or a ruthless co-inmate kills you, a, 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 a fellow inmate kills you, it's like they don't care. So um, we, 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 we've got to change this. I'm going to change this. This is, is just completely unacceptable because, you know, if I can go to jail for 10 years for a nonviolent offense, so can you. So can you. That's the way that the criminal justice system works. People spend decades. Uh, there was a guy in California got, what, 30 years for stealing a Snickers bar because of the three strikes rule. He literally stole a, a piece of candy and got decades in prison. So um, with that in mind, the people that I care about, I'm not going to. I know that there's a possibility they can end up where I've been. And I'm not going to let it be the same place that it was when I was there. It's going to be due process, period. They're going to go there. If whatever time they're set to serve, they serve that time. Whatever the justice system gives them, let's do that. All of this killing and brutality, all of that, that's that, that's a, a non-starter. That dog will not hunt, period. So uh, with that being said, get your copies of It Takes a Criminal to Know One, folks. And like I've been told you, if you ain't got a copy of that, you have no understanding of what this whole thing is all about and what needs to be done. And subsequently, you aren't serious about none of this. You know, that's the, the, the that's the holy grail of this whole thing. Everything's in there. There's only so much I can say in a podcast. There's only so much I can tell you in a conversation. Study that book and understand what's what. And uh, from there, we'll be able to definitely work together to get some things done. So... Alfonso Dorsey. Remember the name, folks, because uh, the way that things are today, I could be saying your name next. Don't let it go down like that. Till next time, signing off.